the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. What a great day to start out with prayer. Avinu Malkenu, my father, our father. And our King, we love you, we praise you, we worship you, we magnify you. This truly is the day that you've made and we are rejoicing in it. Lord, I thank you for your word and I thank you for your word made flesh. I thank you, O Lord, for your forgiveness of our sins as we come to you. I thank you, Lord, for the people you've put in my life. I thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that you have given me. And I pray right now for our listening audience that they would be able to rejoice in you, that they would be able to magnify you, that they are having a great day in you and will give you all the praise, honor, and glory in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. So I'm still desiring to send out more of my booklets called Rejoice Always to encourage you. You know, it's a group of scriptures that focuses your mind on God's word and his desire for you to rejoice. So if you want to get that, call Karen and let her send you a copy of this booklet. It's free. Her phone number is 813-831-5673. And I just want to thank all of you for making 2017 a wonderful year. And and, uh, we were able to pay our radio bills, which are always nice. And if you would like to help us for 2018, we would appreciate that. Again, uh, just call Karen at 813-831-5673. You know... uh, Yesterday was the Children's Gasparilla Parade, and it's always an amazing time to share one's faith. We take a whole group from our congregation onto Bayshore, and we uh, share our faith. And 
I'd like to invite you, if you'd like to come with us next week for the adult uh, Gasparilla Parade, we'd love to have you come. We could give you all the particulars again if you call Karen, and she'll be at 813-831-5673. So today we're going to start a little different biblical journey. You know, most of my teachings are topical. However, for the next Well, I'll say weeks, but it could be months. (laughs) We're going to look at three chapters of Scripture, Romans 9 through 11. Now, these chapters are key to understanding Messianic Judaism, and they're extremely important, though, to Christians, too. I was on a popular website for Bible information, which will remain nameless, And the following is their summary for Romans chapter 9 through 11. I'm going to read it to you. Paul explains God's sovereignty over salvation. He also spells out how an individual may come into a right relationship with God. Quote, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart... A person believes resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. Place your faith and trust only in what Jesus Christ has already done on the cross, and make him the master of your life, and trust he raised himself from the grave, conquering death. His promise is, you will be saved. Okay, (laughs) so that's the quote. I certainly agree with what was said, but to summarize these three chapters and not mention Israel is crazy. Now, if this were just one website or one thought within Christianity, it wouldn't be a problem. But I've heard a number of my friends, people who went to seminary, and they say that when it got to Romans 9 through 11, those three chapters are just glossed over. And oftentimes, when they are spoken about, they're seen through the eyes of replacement theology. You understand what replacement theology is? It means that God is finished with the Jewish people. He's no longer chosen the Jewish people. And now the church it has taken over or replaced the Jewish people. Now, as you probably know, but if you're a first-time listener, we do not believe that on this radio show. <laughs> so I would ask you to study these chapters with me over the coming weeks and see, because you might feel the same way, and I I certainly uh, want to respect your opinion, but I want you to look at Scripture, and I want you to get your your opinions from Scripture and, and, and not from even myself. So if I'm saying something that doesn't work well, certainly you know you can email me uh, at uh, rabbi at heartofmessiah.org, and you can disagree. I will be respectful. I will even answer your questions or your comments or just agree with you. So I'd love to hear from you. So let's look at Romans 9 through 11. 
And uh, first of all, we see that it's written by Paul, Rav Shaul, as we'd like to call him, and probably around 56 or 57 CE. Now, CE stands for the Common Era. You might know it as AD, but we say CE. And it's approximately 20 years or so after Yeshua. Now, if I were going to uh, summarize um, the book of Romans, which, by the way, is both an amazing book theologically, but also practically, I would divide this book into the following main ideas. Chapter 1 through 3, we lack God's righteousness because of sin. Chapters 4 and 5, God justifies us by faith. Receive his righteousness. Chapters 6 through 8, demonstrate God's righteousness by being transformed. Chapters 9 through 11, God confirms his promises as he will save Israel. And chapters 12 through 16, God gives us practical ways for righteous living. Now, another way to look at Romans chapters 1 through 8 is that Paul seeks to convince us about man's needs and God's response to solving those needs in Yeshua through the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Now, when we look at Romans 9 through 11, Paul deals with the problems associated with the condition of the people of Israel. What does it mean that Israel, for the most part, did not accept its Messiah? What does this say about God and his promises? What now for Israel? What does it say to Gentile believers concerning Israel? What should all these new Gentile people, who this book was written to, who accepted Yeshua, understand about Israel? Well, the first thing, thing I would ask you is how can anyone be secure in God's love and his salvation promises when God loved Israel and gave them many promises, but many people are now saying it seems to be that they've been rejected and cursed. Is it possible that God will reject and curse Gentile believers one day too? Well, obviously, we don't believe that. Through Romans chapters 9 through 11, we understand a little bit more about how God and how, how he is and how he will work with Israel. This will help explain how he wants to work with all of us, too. So let's begin. Romans 9, verses 1 through 3. Actually, maybe three and a quarter. (laughs) I tell you the truth in Messiah. I do not lie. My conscience assuring me in the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, that my sorrow is great and the anguish in my heart unending. For I would pray that I myself were cursed, banished from Messiah for the sake of my people, my own flesh and blood, who are Israelites. Now, first of all, let me just say that uh, pretty much all of the translations that I use come from the 
TLV, which is the Tree of Life version, which is a, a wonderful Bible version. If you want to know more about it, call Karen or email me, right? Okay. So we're, we're, we just read those verses and, and, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is in chapter eight of Romans, we read about the life in the spirit and the coming glory of God. Why was Paul all of a sudden so somber, so depressing, so upset? So remember, Paul is speaking mostly to new Gentile believers. He wants to emphasize strongly how important the coming issues are. Is there any place in Scripture where he makes such a point about telling the truth? He wants the listener to understand something that might be hard for them to swallow. So he says, first of all, number one, I'm telling the truth in Messiah. Number two, he says, I'm not lying. And number three, he says, my conscience assuring me in the Ruach HaKodesh, in the Holy Spirit. So he knows that his conscience is, is good in the, in the power of the Spirit that what he's about to say is the truth and nothing but the truth. Okay. And so he is despondent, upset, and extremely sad as he says in verse 2 that my sorrow is great and the anguish in my heart unending. So the, the anguish he feels is always with him. It doesn't stop. In other words, it, it just keeps going and going that this is, this is how he feels and it doesn't, it, it's not going away. Why does he feel this way? Well, we read in verse 3, he says, I myself were cursed. I, 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 I wish that I were cursed, banished from Messiah for the sake of my people. It's all about his heart for the Jewish people. He wants them to know Messiah. That's why he's so upset. God has given this burden to Paul, even though, I mean, I know he was Jewish, but he was so strongly persecuted by his own people. He received both physical and emotional abuse. Yet the burden for his people to accept Yeshua as Messiah never waned. God had put that in his heart. And at this point, I've got to ask you, my listening audience who believes that Paul is speaking for God, obviously it's scripture, do you have that same burden for Jewish people? If the answer is no, I hope you will be open to what God is saying to you and that you will receive one aspect of God's desire for your life, which is to see Jewish people come to know the Lord. Let me give you two other examples of having this kind of burden for those who don't know the Lord. So in Exodus 32, 31, it says, Then Moses returned to Adonai, to the Lord, and said, Alas, these people have sinned greatly and made gods of gold. Yet now, please forgive their sin. But if not, Please blot me out of your book that you have written. 
This is the book of life. And Moses is saying, blot me out of it because the thing that matters is for you to forgive my people. See the heart of this? And then Yeshua made a similar decree uh, as he was described in Galatians 3.13. This is a description. Messiah liberated us from Torah or the law's curse, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that through Messiah Yeshua, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so we might receive the promise of the Ruach through trusting faith. So, again, Yeshua has this compassion for the lost that he dies for us. In these three examples, did they argue with the people they disagreed with? Or did they pray and follow a righteous path? Which model do you use when somebody disagrees with you about Scripture? Do you argue, or do you model godly behavior? Huh, right. Okay, let's continue. Verse 4. To them, meaning the Israelites, belong the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the Torah and the temple service and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, the Messiah who is overall God-blessed forever. Amen. So this is verse 4 and 5. And we can see right off, these are the reasons that God has placed in his heart for for the, the feeling that he has for his Israelite brothers to be saved. And as we study these two verses, we can see the foundation for these two verses are pretty much all in the Hebrew Scriptures. Here's some examples of what I mean. The word that was used in verse 4 was adoption. Well, what does that mean except if you understand Exodus 4.22 and Hosea 11.1, then you understand what God means by adoption. So Exodus 4.22 says, You are to say to Pharaoh, This is what Adonai says. Israel is my son, my firstborn. Okay, so in other words, God has taken Israel first. And this is what it means, in a sense, to be adopted. And Hosea 11.1 says, When Israel was a youth, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Now, that is a double prophecy. And what that means is it's talking about the people of Israel. I call my children, my son, out of Egypt, right? But it also means Yeshua came out of Egypt and he called his son. Okay, so this helps in a sense in, 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 as we look at the word adoption. Now, another word that was used in verse four was glory. Again, do we have a good understanding of what the glory of God means? So let's look into the Hebrew Scriptures and see what it means in the Hebrew Scripture. So Exodus forty thirty four says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle. First Kings eight eleven, 
so that the Kohanim or the, the uh, priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord, or Adonai. But this is the one that really describes it well. Ezekiel 128, like the appearance of the rainbow in the cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the radiance. It was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of Adonai. I saw it, fell upon my face, and heard the voice of the one who was speaking. Now, doesn't this give you a tremendous understanding of what the glory is, a visual, right? A visual, just an uh, amazing thing that we uh, see. But there's something else that's interesting about this. You know, there's an argument in the believer's circles, uh, some people say, well, look, I'm always in the presence of God, and they're not expecting anything miraculous to happen to them as they pray and worship. And other people say that they're seeking after a certain experience, right? Well, if you look at the the three scriptures I read about the glory covering the tent of meeting, obviously God was there before there, right? But the glory came down. So there was a special experience in each of these scriptures. And so I would say to you that there is a special experience that we can hope for, that we can wait for, that we can believe for. Well, another word that was used is Torah or God's law. And we know that represents the first five books of Moses. And in Deuteronomy uh, 4, 13 and 14, it says, He declared to you his covenant, meaning God's covenant, which he commanded you to do, the ten words, meaning the ten commandments, and he wrote them on tablets and so on. So we're seeing here, again, a further description of the uh, the Torah and... Um, you know, I'd love to get into the rest of this, uh, um, but it's hard to believe that our time is is just about up because we still have to talk about the word service and what does it mean uh, when in verse um, 4 it says temple service and why is that important to Christians as well as Jews? So we have a lot to unpack here. Uh, as you can see, it might be helpful if uh, next time you bring uh, pen and paper because we're doing this a little differently than my normal teachings. In fact, why don't you tell your friends or your Bible study partners that we are studying Romans 9 through 11 in the coming weeks and they should join us on the radio. Now, you can also hear a copy of this teaching and all my radio teachings if you go to shoreshdavid.org, Shoresh is spelled S-H-O-R-E-S-H, David, okay, shoreshdavid.org. Then you click under Ministries and click on Heart of Messiah Radio and then choose which radio uh, program you would like to listen to. And, of course, this one is called Romans 9. And I'd like to still give you a copy of my new booklet called Rejoice Always. So 
Again, you know the drill now, right? Call Karen. Let her send you a copy of this booklet. It's free. Call her at 813-831-5673. If those of you uh, would like to send us a gift, we'd certainly appreciate it for 2018. Uh, again, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Again, you can email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. I'll be happy to take your questions or comments. I pray that God has touched your heart and that you would grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, Teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah. God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.